you're not the boss right now, and I need you to recognize. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to recognize this. Dude, is- <laughs> egalitarianism's that way. This is complimentary. Pre- preach that word. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Cultivate Podcast. I'm sitting here with Melody and and also a special guest who I sort of like right now. (laughs) Yeah, just so you know, you just introduced me as and also. (laughs) Story of our marriage. Story of our marriages. That's Pastor Matt's wife. We are so excited that you're here. Thank you, Melody. I'm glad that you are. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you're here. Actually, um, if you listened to our last episode, you heard me mention that Matt had really wanted to be a part of that conversation, but because of his crazy schedule this last month, he wasn't able. Mm. And so we figured out a way. So thank you for making that happen right now. Matt is literally recording. Every single day right now, something, some days, two or three things. I know. His schedule's been crazy. But just to, and you really inspired this, the, this, I guess this is like part two of a conversation on um, how to share our faith. And it's because that's one of the things that I admire so much about you. And then one of your best friends, Eric, like you guys are constantly talking about, sharing your faith. And, um, so last time we had Claude on, it was such a good conversation. Mm -hmm. He gave us so many things to do about just like remembering that we don't, we started with how you and I, Matt have been getting the question, probably the most asked question of this year has been, is it the end times? Mm. And Claude really reminded, like, we don't know if it's your end time kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. And so, and then he talked about how important it is to remember, um, what the goodness God's done for us. Real professional, Melody. I'm sorry. Sorry, that noise is Melody Workman. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's my mic keeps Welcome falling. to Amateur Hour on the Cultivate Podcast. Sorry, you guys are hearing this. mic has to be the funny one this time. Yeah. Hey, it's either your microphone or your stomach. Is that good? Okay. Thank you, okay. Kelly. Thank you, everyone, for sitting through that. We had a little you, technical Here's what's funny, though. How many times do we do this and, like, one of that's happening with us and we never mention it? Matt's like, stop doing that. Well, here's a fun fact since we're chasing this. One podcast we did, I was in the middle of a medical situation and my doctor called halfway through. I left the room. She left the room, <laughs> took the call, and came back, and no one ever knew. Wow. But here's you, like... Yeah. Well, our vision, I don't know if Cultivate realizes, is to be real with Ours ourselves. Ours is to God, be kind. Yeah. Ours is actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. sorry, everyone. Okay, back to the point. But the point is, we've been asked the question so often this year, is this the end times? Mm-hmm. We had such a good conversation with Claude, just reminding us, like, we need to always be ready and recognize our own testimony and how God's been good to us, what he's saved us from, and be ready to share it with others. Mm-hmm. He also talked about something that, you make a practice of in your own life is you outside of your church world you you are very routine in places you go that you right. see as opportunities to share your faith mm-hmm. um and being ready like he will say like he always tries to look for an opportunity mm-hmm. to say 
um, how can I pray for you? Just to sort mm-hmm. of let the person on the other end know, like I'm a spiritual safe place mm-hmm. and I believe in God and to kind of do that. Um, one of the things that I want to continue in this conversation is that Claude really helped us think about how to, how to kind of script our own testimony and the value mm-hmm. of that having intentional spiritual conversations with people and plant the seeds so that when God's ready um, to do a work in their life or they are ready for that, they, they, they have something to go on. What I want to continue the conversation today is the thing that I, I never hear women saying is I led someone to Jesus. Right. And I hear you say that all the time. Our friend Eric saying that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so last time we kind of talked about like ideas why I know for me, like, I feel like I'm going to mess this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know the right things to say. Um, I personally feel like people are always feeling like I'm going to try to shove Jesus down their throat that they avoid me because they know I'm a pastor's mm-hmm. wife. Um, and I, I want to build credibility with them without them feeling like I'm there to just like check a box off of, I led someone. Right. But, but here's the thing. So, but there is a time and a place where it it is important to ask someone, "Have you made that decision right. for Christ?" Mm-hmm. And I just I think women are scared to do it, mm-hmm. and so I I want to know like you have such a boldness in that. I I know that not everyone has the the gift of evangelism, mm-hmm. but we are all called to evangelize, and so I I just want you to kind of talk to us today, talk to women about. Like, I'm a woman, you've been doing all the things with me, praying for me, having spiritual conversation, but now I, I don't even know what to do next to accept Jesus. Like, how do you start that conversation with people? Mm-hmm. And then when you're literally praying with them, I mean, you last week led a guy to the Lord that you've been seeing at the gym, regular mm-hmm. basis, like all the things we talked about in our last conversation right. with Claude, but he came to a point of decision. Right. So what does that, what does that next part look like? How do you yeah. do that so that we can all be inspired and feel confidence? Yeah. And I think the that? first thing is to, is to understand that, that people have to come to a point of decision. And I think that you need to just assume that most people, even your friends, even some of the women in your cultivate group, have never come to the point of decision where they've decided to follow Jesus. They like the group that's full of good women. We're learning good morals. This is good. This makes me not hate my husband, right? Like there's all kinds of positive reasons to go to church, none of which save you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so you have to you have to quit assuming that people have come to the place where they they have confessed their sins, repented of them, and placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And really that's that's the most important issue. And it's what was so offensive to Jews. What do you, what do you mean I have to accept this Jesus? I'm I'm a I'm a son or daughter of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean it was it was offensive the gospel was offensive to them because they assumed they were already chosen. And it was offensive to mm-hmm. them that they had to choose Christ and and that's why the apostle Paul says Jesus Christ is a stu- is is nonsense to Gentiles and a stumbling block to Jews. And so we have to learn to, to begin to ask that question. And the Bible's full of passages where it says we should examine ourselves. Am I saved? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Test yourself to see if your faith is genuine and true. Those are Bible verses where we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, have I come to the point? Like when you're you're frustrated with your marriage, you're frustrated with your spouse. Maybe the issue is not them. Maybe the issue is you. And so you have to you have to begin to think about this line. And I think it's healthy and normal and good for somebody to say, am I saved? Am I Christian? Because the Bible talks about that. Now, we don't need to live in fear. We don't need to be insecure. 
you know, we don't need to constantly be, you know, every time there's an invitation running down the aisle, but has there come a point in time in your life where you've been saved? And just realize that people have to come to that crucial point of decision. And so what I think Claude is really good at is Claude is really good at building long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. He's very friendly, very open. He establishes credibility. Yeah, he's very non-threatening, you know, in that. But Sandals is birthed off this verse. How can they hear unless someone preaches? Mm -hmm. Somebody has to preach the gospel. They will not just be saved by what you do, uh, how you act, uh, you know, your wonderful Christ-like personality. Somebody has to actually share the gospel. Nobody believes that they're headed to hell today. Nobody believes that they're a sinner. Nobody believes that 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 you need Jesus to go to heaven. None of those three things are true statements in our culture, even though that's the true gospel that's preached. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes to heaven, right? We're all going mm-hmm. up there. Like I saw this uh, this photograph, or not photograph, this drawing on, on Instagram, and it was all these great, uh, you know, uh, I'm using this term lightly, rock gods that have all died, mostly drug addiction, terrible deaths, suicide, died way too soon. And the caption says, one more musician in heaven. Mm. And I'm like, I don't think any of these people went to heaven. Mm. I, I mean, you know, they, a lot of them sang about going to hell, right? And, and sang about that. And so, you know, John Lennon was the first to say, imagine no heaven or hell, right? And, and, and that's kind of our cultures adopted that as this, uh, I think, cultural, spiritual ethic, right? There's, re- there's really not right, wrong. There's not good, bad. It's like when I lose my mind when I go to yoga with you, like it drives me crazy when some <laughs> 19-year-old's telling me, there's no good, there's no bad, there's no right, there's no wrong. And I'm like, false, false, false. I'm like, just do the down dog, Matt. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like Jeez. honestly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry you've been driving for 18 months and now you're espousing wisdom. <laughs> Dude, it drives me crazy, man. You know, because I mean, you have, to, you, have to th- you have to think about, yeah, well, wait, wait till we, you know, we get into the the real war that we're fighting. There's a reason the Bible says, take take every thought captive to Christ. Now, you're fundamentalist. We took that to mean sexual sin. She was. Was. Recovering. Was. So, Please remember. Sorry. That verse has nothing to do with sexuality. It has to do with ideas, of philosophies. Yep. And so much of what our kids are taught in school, what we believe, what is perpetuated by Hollywood is is things that we haven't taken down and we haven't dismantled in the name of Christ. And that's problematic. And that's where our culture really is. And so I think we have to interject ourselves into that. And I would say, I think, I think that as Christians, we need to wake up to the reality that the the entire world tells us everything they feel about everything. Mm. They don't they don't care whether they offend us. They don't care what we think. Like people, the only people are embarrassed of what they believe are Christians. And I'm not going to be that person. Mm. I am not going to be embarrassed of the nonsense Ooh, that comes out of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so here's the truth: is some of the women listening, they care more about the friendship than they care about their friend's soul and mm. they, about their friend's eternity. And they have to be able to ask that question. And so part of the reason why, you know, as a woman, you have to, you like, you have to take ownership for yourself. I don't have to wait for some man to mansplain this to me. I got to read the gospel. Thank you. Right. I got, I got to read. We do not I want actually to be mansplained just, ever. I just actually <laughs> mansplained in that statement to not mansplain. But <laughs> we're yeah. letting that go. Yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, re- read the book of Romans, be able to articulate what's wrong with humanity, understand the Roman road. These things do matter because, you know, Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop you there, though, because you use the term, the Roman road. Yeah. Most people don't know what that is. So we, you want to explain Yeah, the Roman road is that? like five or six scriptures in yep. Romans. And Starts in Romans in, 3. And mm-hmm. one in Ephesians, which I don't know why. It's like the Roman roads plus Ephesians. Yeah. Well, across same street. author, different book. <laughs> right. So, but, but basically, it starts with the premise that 
the most important verse is all men and women, ladies, have fallen short of the glory of God. And so sin doesn't mean evil. And that's one of the problems I think we've gotten in, uh, largely influenced by Calvinism, I think a misunderstanding of depravity and what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible doesn't, you know, speak that there's nothing good in you because you're created in the image of God. Even a fallen person is created in the image of God, and so therefore they reflect something good. Sin is the missing of the mark of perfection. Mm-hmm. And so it's an archery term. You don't hit the bullseye every t- time. So everybody misses the mark. Some of us miss it more than others. Mm-hmm. But perfection, and this is what you have to tell people, perfection is what gets you into heaven. Are you perfect? Well, anybody that says, yes, that's another problem. Then we go to lying, pride, and deceit because you're doing all of those things yourself. So so the Roman road for all men have fallen, or excuse me, for all have sinned. There we go. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, so... The next verse is, for the wages of sin is death. And so what's so sick about what people believe today in our kind of American, somewhat Christian spiritual goop is that everybody's kind of good and everybody's going to get what's coming to them and that's positive on the day of judgment. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And so here's what your imperfect life earns you, not eternal life. And we no longer think of eternal life in terms of like Melody has been given her life by God. It was a blessing. She didn't ask for it. God gave it to her. But eternal life is a reward. Um, and so the ancient world believed it was a reward based upon you're a Pharaoh king, you're a rich or righteous, righteous person. Um, Jesus clarifies for us that not even the rich can be saved, not mm-hmm. even the famous can be saved. Not you, your, your goodness. Yeah, your goodness has to surpass the Pharisees. What he's saying is it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Only the one who came from heaven can get you to heaven because the wages of sin is death. And so John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but listen to these words, but have everlasting life. The gift of salvation is eternal life. And that's one of the things I think we've gotten really, really confused is everybody thinks they get eternal life. The gift of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is eternal life. There are Christians that disagree on what hell is. Some believe it's eternal and forever. Some believe that it's extinction, so like it's a holy extinction. And there are, there are groups on both sides. Um, but the gift of eternal life. And so the question is, how are you going to receive eternal life? You know, I talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, if people go on a trip, the first thing you do is you decide how you're going to get there. Nobody ever thinks about how they're getting to heaven. Yeah. Like, great. So tell me where it is. You don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. The Bible, the, the most helpful description in the Bible is up. Mm-hmm. it's up there. Okay. Well, I don't know if you've looked, but there's a lot up there. Where do we go? You know, heaven means sky in, in the Hebrew. Heaven means stars in Hebrew and heaven means heaven where God lives. It's up there. It's in the heavens. That's why the apostle Paul says I was caught up in the third heaven. So he went to the, the heaven where God is. So how do I get there? Well, where I'm going to go, unfortunately, is to hell because that's what I've earned. I've earned a straightway ticket to hell not because I'm the worst person I know, not because I'm the most evil person I know, but because I have fallen short of the glory of God and what my life earns based upon my own merit is eternal death. Here's the good news. Uh, Romans 5, 9. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's the Roman road. Everybody's a sinner. Sin brings you death. Here's the good news. God loves you so much that he died for you while you were not only a sinner, but you were his enemy. So God saves us through that. And... Um, Jesus Christ died for us. So, so then the next verse is, okay, well, so Jesus Christ died for everybody. Everybody's going to heaven. No, that's not what the Bible says. Only those who repent of their sins and believe in the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 says, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Sandals is named because of Romans 10, uh, 9 through 14. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how can they believe in whom they've not heard? Mm. How can they believe mm-hmm. unless someone preaches? That's why it said, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news. Sandals Church, right? That's where our, our name comes from, that we actually have to share the gospel and we actually have to lead people to Christ. And that's our part in the process. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. So everybody's a sinner. Everybody earns death. The good news is while, while we were we were sinners, Christ died, right? Because the, 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 what you earn for sin is death. So that's why Jesus had to die in your place. But the beautiful news, if you call out to God for help, he will save you. And that's the Roman road. And it's super easy. It's super simple. It's very, very quick and articulate. Did I miss one? Well, it, it, there's a couple ways to do the Romans road, but that's the journey. Romans 3.23 to Romans 5.8 to Romans 6.23 to Romans 10.9 and 10. Yeah. That's, you, you start with the bad news. Right. And it gets to the good news. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate what you just shared is that's what's missing today when you when you have this conversation, that the gospel means good news. Well, it can only be good if you understand the bad, right? Right. Otherwise, it's just news. (laughs) But when you realize this is who I am, I mean, we talked in our podcast with Claude that one of the things I did my junior year of high school was I was a child evangelism fellowship missionary. Mm. I did backyard Bible clubs like three a day. That's a lot of work. But it was giving kids the gospel. And, you know, the gospel is simple enough for a child to understand. I mean, Jesus made that clear. And so that's why the Romans road became so, because you could get mm-hmm. a child to understand that anything that you do think or say that's bad is sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're all guilty. That's the bad news. Now here's the good news, but the gift of God Amen. is eternal life, no matter what your sin is. Mm-hmm. So for a kid, you know, we were teaching him not to steal someone's candy right, or right. not to mm-hmm. lie to your mom, but it's the same for adults. Mm-hmm. That the most, I mean, we hear all the time about people who've committed heinous crimes in prison right? and they're filled with guilt and shame and torment. And then they hear about the gift of God mm-hmm. as eternal life. And it's available to even that person. Right. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. And I think that we do shy away from sharing it because we don't start with telling people the hard honest truth which is we're all sinners Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even you who do good things right and you let someone go in front of you at starbucks like i did today it's not a big deal (laughs) um you're so like jesus (laughs) right 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 um you and and if you don't start there then it really becomes a hard it's a really hard road to get them to Mm -hmm. the place where they need jesus Mm -hmm. well and that's what i think for me and, and for situations I see happening is we don't want to offend anybody yep. and almost getting caught up of, well, if I, if I offend you, then I'm failing before we can even start because you don't care about what I have to say, mm. but then you never get the opportunity, mm. you know, to share it. I think we're so worried about being offend, offending other people. And then that will like compromise my credibility mm-hmm. to even be able to say like, Hey, this is. This is the deal. So I think that. Well, that's why I think Romans three twenty three is so important because it includes me in the in the same conversation as the person I'm talking to sin about. For all have fallen all short have of the sinned. glory of God, yeah. and so that's me. And as a pastor, I have fallen short of the glory of God. I have missed the mark of perfection, and what I have earned on my own apart from Jesus's death. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's like, look, I'm not. I, I'm simply sharing something that has has delivered me and. You know, this weekend we talked about, and this is why I think women 
need to just really, really know your Bible because Rahab is just such this incredible story of redemption, just the power of the gospel, the power of the good news, and she completely changes and not only saves herself, but her father, her family, and they're all saved with her because she, and here's what she says, is she says, we've all heard about what God has done with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We've all, she's talking about her entire city of Jericho, and yet she's the only one that repents. And so here's the problem to say, people haven't heard, they don't know God. Like I hear people say, well, you know, the Bible says, I'm like, that's not in the Bible. You know, uh, that's like in soup for the soul next to your toilet. That's what that's in. Um, no, I'm serious. And so people, people don't know what God's done. And here's the thing is, Every single one of your friends is aware of every religious leader who's a hypocrite, right? Every conservative Republican right. who's a hypocrite. Every terrible, you know, Christian who said one thing and did another. Can I just tell you, environmentalists do the same thing. Democrats do the same thing. Business people do the same thing. Whole Foods does the same thing. Do you know why? They're all sinners. It's all a joke. You know, Tammy and I were talking about... Um, uh, on the way to work about uh, California's just passionate desire to eliminate all nuclear energy. Well, go figure. Jerry Brown's family, who, Governor Jerry Brown's largest holding of, of, natural, <laughs> of natural gas in the state of California. So his motives aren't pure. Right. He wants to be really rich while you and I pay more money for you know uh, fuel that pollutes the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And he's right, a, a, a green Democrat. And it's like, they're all, dude, we're all. And, yeah. and, and without Jesus... That's where we go because we care about ourselves. And if the environment makes me rich, hey, mm-hmm. that's great. Or if it's you know conservative Republicans that makes me rich, that's great. We all fall short of the, of the glory of God. And, and here's the thing, I think, especially as women, conversations can very quickly turn to what's wrong with everybody else. Yep. Well, <laughs> okay, so what you're recognizing when you gossip and when you slander and you talk you know, badly behind people's back is you recognize that they're a sinner. The question is, why aren't Isn't you it talking? Weird that everybody else sins and falls short. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he thought I was going to say something super profound. Yeah, He's like looking at me to like finish that <laughs> sentence. That's all I had, ladies. Is we all know how everyone else sucks. That's why we talk about them. And people do. Yeah. I mean, people are very, very hard. We, we are very, very self-centered, and left to our own means, we are all animals. Um, you know, I mean, that's where Darwin was right. Apart from God, we're we're beasts, mm-hmm. you know, of the earth, and it's and it's animals are, ter- are terrible things and do terrible things to each other. And so, human beings, we do the same thing unless we choose to become like God. And that's where we have to share the gospel. And I think that, you know, you were making fun of my Instagram post, but I I think we feel self righteous because we're critical. Mm-hmm. Like what we're saying is, oh my gosh, I'm so much better, and they're terrible, and that's why I'm just going to hammer this program or this person or this politician. Um, and, and you know, and then there's talkers, and then there's the actual people out there trying to make a difference and do something. Um, and you know, early on at Sound Search, you know, there, there's you know probably people listening to this podcast that appreciate Cultivate Ministry, and you know, but they don't go to Sandals because they say, "Oh, it's a big church." Mm-hmm. Well, let me translate that for you. We've been very intentional about reaching people for the gospel. We've been obedient to that, and a lot of small churches. Uh, even people at Sandals do not want the church to grow. They do not want to see people one to Christ. They do not want things to change. Why? Because they forgot Romans. We're all sinners. And nobody wants anything to change. You want it to be about yourself. And I can't tell you how many people, they love Sandals Church when they came to Christ and they came here, but it mm. grew. And now there's all these other people. You know, it's like people that complain because they moved to a beautiful destination and then they get mad that other people want to live there too. That's how I feel. I'm about like, move to Blythe. Move to California. I'm like, move to Blythe, man. I mean, like, there's not, there's not like a, there's no line for tacos in Blythe. Like, you can go right up to the front 
every single but day. If you live in Blythe, we love you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's my question for you. How essential or critical do you think it is for every believer to have a moment or or like a conversion type experience like that where they're like, I remember the day I prayed mm-hmm. or like how essential, because I think I, I hear a lot of people just kind of be like, I don't really know when I made the decision. I just started believing or we live in culture where everyone just thinks, yeah, I believe yeah. in God. I believe in whatever. And but, I have a follow up for that. But yeah. I, you know, one of the things with you, you're like, we're going to meet like you'll like with yeah. the guy from last week, you're like, we're going to meet. Are you ready to ask? jesus into your life you know what i mean like that is a pivotal like he'll remember that day he's going to remember that moment Mm. like how important do you think that is in the life of yeah i I would say this so i i think that we come to the cross from two perspectives so the guy bill that i you know preached he's he's you know he's a lifelong professional sinner gangbanger you know i don't know everything that he's done i don't need to need to know everything that he's done we didn't have to arm wrestle for the concept of sin Mm -hmm. he knows it he knows his life needs to change. So he's coming to the cross uh, as a sinner, realizing that everything he does and, and how he lives needs to change. The problem is if you grew up in church, you have always accepted the cross. You've always understood the cross, but there still has to be this moment right. where God delivers you from yourself. And here's the thing that's really confusing. So you're sitting at Sandals Church, you know, now there's people, our kids that have been raised at Sandals Church, uh-huh, Jesus is Lord, yep, I'm a sinner. And all of those things make mental sense. And then there's going to be a moment where the Holy Spirit knocks on the door and says, okay, are we ready to make this thing real? It's something that you've already, you've always known, you've always believed in, but there's got to be this moment. Um, and maybe that moment is, you know, the first time you scream at your kids, someone that you said, I, you know, I, I could never imagine myself, like parenting really reveals. Like me and COVID that yeah, one weekend? Yes. <laughs> Couples, myself included, you know, when I, I literally threatened to kick our daughter out during COVID, during like the worst. I threatened to kick me out. Pandemic, yeah, pandemic. So, well, you're invited to leave. You're an adult. You can go. Tammy's all, where am I going to go? I have no money. I'm like, your wallet's full of credit cards. <laughs> Find a place. She was uh, like, I'm coming to get you. I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that's what you have to tell your kids. Like your kids have been raised their whole life to believe. That doesn't mean they're believers. Mm-hmm. They've been raised to believe. They And I tell my kids all the time, you have to choose. You have to choose. And, and here's where Jesus gets real. Jesus gets real when you get real with your sin. Mm. And you realize, you quit focusing on everybody else and you realize, oh, I'm in my first dating relationship and this person that I claim to love so much, I hate so much right now in this moment. Like that's a great opportunity for a young woman listening to realize that's your sin. You're so sinful, you can't even get along with a person that you say you can't live without. Mm. That's sin. Mm-hmm. So who's going to deliver you from that? Oh, counseling. Well, counseling might help it, but it's going to massage a turd. It's not going <laughs> to. It's not going to. It's not going to clean it. Only Jesus can clean that, and Jesus can radically massage change you. A turd. Right? That's gross, right? Yeah. So you really you have gross. to come to the place. You have to come to the place where when I'm talking about sin, you're not hoping everybody else hears. Mm-hmm. Right? What did Hebrews say this past week? When you hear the Lord speak today, do not harden your hearts. That letter is written to Christians who are reading a book mm-hmm. in the Bible. So the famous verse, and you remember this verse, evangelists use this, use this all the time. Uh, you know, uh, someone in here's former church, pastor used it all the time at crusades. Behold, oh, I, I stand, stand at the door and, and knock. No, I stand at the door and knock. He who opens the door, I will come in and eat with he and eat with him and him with me. Say it. Right? You need to invite Jesus Christ into your life. Uh, except that's, for. Except for that's <laughs> Jesus and he's knocking on a church's door. Preach. And he's saying, I know you guys are having a great old time in there. I'd love to be a part of it. Yep. And so some of you, Ooh. 
you are having a great old time. You love your community group. You love your church. You want your kids to be raised with good morals. You love the events. But Jesus is saying, I'd love to become, come in and be the Lord of your life. And you got to remember, even Judas hung out with Jesus. Mm-hmm. He was at, I was there, right? People tell me all the time, I was there the first first week in Sandals started. I'm like, that's funny. I don't remember you. And there was only a few of us. Yeah. I think we would. <laughs> yeah. So have you come to the point where literally you, you've been d- deeply convicted about your sin? Uh, and this doesn't just happen one time, but it can happen multiple times. And I'm not saying you get saved multiple times, but it has to have happened at least one time where you've come to the place where you've seen your own sin and you've mm-hmm. said, like Peter says, when Jesus, no Jesus calls him to be a follower, Peter says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Mm-hmm. Before he meets Jesus, he met his sin. And, that, and that's where we have to come to. And that's the problem is we have all of these unregenerate, unrepentant Christians running around wanting to change America by getting to, to them to vote Republican. And what we need is- Or Democratic. Sh- well, no, there's not very many evangelicals working in that direction. Um, the, the latest stats are like 85%. Mm-hmm. So so if you're a 15% Democrat, yay, we're I'm glad I'm just saying there's both sides that get very yeah. passionate about the things well, that they think matter most. Well, and- so yeah, so Republicans want to make us more moral in their minds, and, and, and we got to go back to what we had. Liberals want to make us more moral in what they believe is the future. Both are wrong. The, the way that morality literally comes is through salvation god has to change the human heart uh, and those are the those are the uh, the ideas that john locke our founding fathers realized so the declaration of independence is we, we we find these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal right and that these natures are endowed by these laws are endowed by nature i just screwed it up sorry um i have to go back and read the declaration i know right now it's just like going in my yeah, mind so, by our creator by our creator um and basically they can't be taken from but they got those ideas from God. Mm-hmm. And so it starts with God and that's where law comes forth. And so, so, so I think that's where Republicans do have, you know, a lot of truth on their side is you can't have liberty without morality. Those two things don't exist. If, if you, if you remove morality from liberty, you get Sodom and Gomorrah. And here's the thing is, you know, nobody wants to live under, a, you know, conservative Christians. And yet the cities and towns that are all blowing up with real estate are, you know, um, Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs, which is the Christian Mecca. Orlando. So these people don't want to go to church, but they want all their neighbors to go to church mm. because those places, um, right, are better neighborhoods, better schools, because you have to have liberty and morality together. And and the problem in our country is we're really divided as to what morality is anymore. We didn't used to be that way, but it used to be divided. So I feel like I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. Well, it's just to say that, that I think w- the reason we're so passionate about politics is we really, really believe we can make people change. Mm-hmm. So the left is going to change them more liberal. The right's going to change them more conservative. And what, if you read your Bible, what you realize is laws never change the human heart. Um, you know, if you read the book of Kings, every politician, one after another, they don't call them politicians, they're called kings. It literally says, and he sinned more than his father and anyone before him. Mm. I mean, it's like, like the new improved evil king, and it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going, and it, and so that's what happens when you pursue politics without repentance. And we need people to realize that they need to personally repent. And, well, and I think that's a tricky thing of the world in general today. Aside from leading someone, you know, like here we are talking about sharing our faith. Like last episode, we talked about like most of us aren't ready to share our faith because we haven't articulated for ourselves what mm-hmm. God's done for us. Right. I was a sinner. You know, whether that's you were in prison or you, you just gossip mm-hmm. and slander outwardly or in your heart, you're mm-hmm. hate. you know, there's to, to wrestle with that. But we live in a, like a cultural climate right now where it's like, 
almost trying to say there is no sin. Mm -hmm. Like that's just how I was made. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's just how I am. That's just how, you know what I mean? And so even convincing people or getting them to convince, you know, be convinced that they need a savior. Yeah. Here's what people want. They want to not go to hell because right. everyone's heard about hell, but they don't. Well, and that's why I don't think we share the gospel anymore because nobody's going to hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, that's, that's happened. Well, right and what's made that harder is that there are now Christian bloggers, yeah. authors who are writing. I just saw one yesterday, why I don't believe in hell. Yeah. And I think that that's part of the, that's part of the struggle too, is um, on both sides, um, prominent Christians make sharing the gospel mm -hmm. really hard right. because you've got the one strand. It's like, they're so judgmental. Mm -hmm. The church is so judgmental, yada, right. yada. And on the other hand, we have so many Christians who've just changed their mind. I used to believe this and I had a whole following of people who follow, but I changed my mind and now I believe this. And so now it's like, why should I listen to you? Why should I trust you? Right. You know, you've lost credibility. And I think that is something that's, a foundation of cultivate that mm -hmm. Tammy has always said, kindness is what gives us our credibility. Mm -hmm. And I think for women listening, um, I don't, I don't want there to be a separation that you can't share the good news with kindness mm -hmm. because it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance yeah, is what Ephesians mm -hmm. says. Yeah, yeah. So it does give us our credibility. Um, and I think there's another part of this too. The Romans road was something I learned early on. Like I had to take Bible quizzes. And really and, it's just a tool. That's, that was the exactly. point I wanted to make of that. Yep. It's like, it's just so you're not thinking like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. It's like, it, it is. You can memorize out. it. It's five verses that you could memorize mm -hmm. and walk people through. But I also love um, Jesus giving the gospel to Nicodemus mm -hmm. in John three. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, well, how did he do it? <laughs> like, let's, yeah. you know, and, and he was a super smart Pharisee. He knew the law he knew. And, and like, he was like confounded by like what Jesus was mm -hmm. saying. And so when you get to John three sixteen, it's like the culmination of the gospel. And so many people from all different walks of life have a reference in America, at least for John three sixteen. And so sharing that verse, for God so loved the world, I've even said to women, put your name in mm, there. Yeah. For God so loved Becky, for mm. God so loved Melody, mm. that he gave. And then to go to John three seventeen, and I think that this is where we do gain credibility when we share the next verse, which is, for the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, mm -hmm. but that the world through him might be saved. Mm -hmm. And I love being able to share the good news that it's God's heart, for everyone right. to accept the gift of salvation, yeah. Amen. that there's no discrimination, that there's no you're out and you're in. Mm. It's for the world. That's good news for everybody right now right. because we're so polarized. We're so divided. Mm -hmm. We're so you're in, you're not, you're cool. You're not that the gospel is the one thing that says in God's eyes, he wants you. Yeah. He wants me. Mm -hmm. He wants you. And that never stops being good news. Yeah. Here's what I would say, you know, for everybody, that's listening, that's, that's afraid to share your faith. You know, Tammy and I are, we both battle anxiety and, um, I'm not a big fan of medication. I know some of that you need to be on it and that's fine. Um, I'm super sensitive. And so, you know, I got on the American psychological, uh, board and I, I was looking for, uh, organic treatments for anxiety and, and 2009 has just been a tough year for me personally with anxiety. 2000, 2020, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what year it is. 2009 was Whatever probably also taking, tough. Could but... you give it to me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But listen, right. What you just asked. So I, I start taking this and stuff. And, and so here's the thing that drives me crazy. A bunch of women are going to listen to this podcast and all they're going to want to know 
is what is Matt taking? Mm. And here's the thing is they know me, they trust me, and they believe me, and I found something that's helped. That's all the gospel is. Mm. That's it. That's it. I, I was really struggling. I was really hurting. This guy, Jesus, you know, uh, he, he, he changed me and saved me. The first question everybody asks me when I tell them about what I'm taking is how much does it cost? Hmm. So, so if you want Jesus, the question is how much does it cost? Hmm. Right? Well, it costs him everything. Yeah. It costs you repentance and faith and really loyalty. So you repent of your sins, you believe in him, and then you're loyal to what he teaches, kindness, mm -hmm. how to live. And then when you practice these things, not only does he save your soul for eternity, but he's going to save it on earth. Mm. He's going to be begin to redeem it. And so here's the thing is, the reason I tell people ab about what, what I'm taking because it worked is because it worked. And I have a testimony. And I don't, you know, it doesn't give me any buzz. That's why I don't like a lot of medications. I don't want to be buzzed. I don't want to be addicted. I, I hate feeling hooked in yeah. any way, yep. shape, or form. And so this is... Uh, very different from me and it's been very helpful and I've recommended it to a couple of friends really quickly um, because it's helped me and, and the theory is is that it does something to your uh, adrenal glands in your brain mm -hmm. and it helps it restore uh, some of the stuff that when you're freaked out all the time God has put this thing in our body to so when we're afraid like if there's a bear or we're being attacked your body re I think it's cortisol your body releases mm -hmm. this hormone that gives you crazy strength, crazy endurance. But the problem is when you live in that forever, your body is drained of it. And so this root uh, helps restore that. And um, and for me, here's the thing, and this is why you can share your faith. For me, it worked. Mm. What does the woman at the well say? Come meet a man who told everything about me. Mm. She's not saying you're all going to hell. She's not saying you're worthless sinner. She's saying, hey, I met a guy that, when I was, I was asking for water, he changed my life. Mm -hmm. Maybe this could help you. And so here's the thing I would ask you is, has it helped you? Has Jesus Christ made a difference in your life? And that's the real problem if you grew up in church is you never knew a time when. So you don't, you don't, ha you don't have a before after yeah. contrast. And so that's why you need, a, you need a sin episode where you realize, oh, mm. it's not just those people, it's me. And... um you know, it, it, and that's just what's so tough for all of us who are trying to raise our kids in the right way. And that's why as a parent, it's so important. What, what I try to draw my kids back to, this is sin. Mm -hmm. This is what it does. This is why you lied. This is why you're trying to cover it up. This is why it's going to be so hard to break this. Um, and I try to tell them that all the time. And this is, oh, by the way, is what Jesus came to save you from. Yeah. Because this is destructive and this is hurtful. You know, in, when, you're, when your daughters are, you know, devastated or your child because of gossip and slander, instead of talking about how bad the kids are, talk about how bad sin is and then talk about the remedy for that is Jesus. The remedy is not changing schools, hating girls or guys or teenagers or that's whatever, because that's humanity. That's I mean, what are Democrats and Republicans? Mm. They're still junior hires talking badly about each other. Mm. That's what they do, right? The other side's terrible. It's like, well, you're all kind of stink, you know? <laughs> um, right, and then that's me talking bad about them because I'm so self-righteous. But really trying to help your kids theologically understand you know, why are girls so cruel? And then why do they become women that are so cruel? Right. Well, it's not because they're women. It's because they're sinners. And so, you know, sin manifests itself differently in women, typically different ways than men. How do we deal with that? Men respond to sin in different ways than women. Not all the time. 
you know, we're all capable of wowing each other with our <laughs> sinful deeds and acts. But, <laughs> but, but you've got to draw it back to a biblical narrative. And that's where I want to come back to take every thought captive because you have to te teach your children how to think. Why, why is the world so mm -hmm. fascinated with, with, you know, 200 genders or whatever, whatever the LGBTQ is up to? Well, because two means God's right. So we got to run as far away from that as we possibly mm. can. We got to get into the thousands because, you know, we can't we we right we can't agree with science. We can't agree with biology. So we have to create all of this out there. And and again, there's a battle for your soul. And and the the way that Satan works is he's trying to tell you who you are. Right? You're you're only a woman if you're as pretty as you want to be, as skinny as you want to be, as wealthy as you want to be. Now, okay, if those three things didn't work, well, maybe it's your sexuality. Maybe it maybe you got your gender wrong. Right? So we're gonna we're gonna we're going to work all around this radical change without dealing with the real problem. I mean, imagine if, you know, you had terminal lung cancer and the doctors were like, we need a makeover. Mm -hmm. Like, we, let's do a makeover. You know what you need, girl? You need to go to Vegas with your girlfriends. Like, and we're going to talk about all these things that don't actually deal with the core problem. Um, and that's what's so scary about medicine is even doctors now can't be honest with you about stuff mm. because there are lifestyles that are very unhealthy for yeah. human beings. And they're not allowed to tell you that. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. It's tragic, you know. Um, and so we have to learn to take every thought captive and say, look, there's a reason God cares about your sexuality because he says in Romans one, if you go down this path, what it leads to is a depraved mind. Look at our culture. Yep. Look at our culture. Um, I was telling Tammy this morning, uh, I was reading an article about this just absolutely beautiful woman. And that, not that that makes her any more valuable, but she's like a sports model married uh one of the guys from baywatch she's now homeless in la and they got they're videoing her eating out of a trash can oh my gosh well she was struggling with some mental health issues and she chose meth instead of the messiah right mm. and so here, here we are now she doesn't want help she wants to eat the food you throw away at mcdonald's this woman was filthy and and you just think oh my gosh she she had it all and it's all gone because when you choose the wrong solution it it can be worse mm -hmm. you know it can, it can be worse and so we have to point people to Jesus and that's why I would just encourage you if you're listening if you can't articulate what Jesus has done for you you need to ask what has Jesus done for me yeah and then I would get on my knees and say God I'm a sinner and I've never thought about this and I I right now I repent of my sins and I I I, I turn to you. And, and you are the savior, right? And so the, the formula in, in Luke Acts, which is the one that I like to, to teach, is repent and believe, right? And then baptism is really coming out and saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I am, it's like a wedding ceremony. It doesn't mean you love God. It means you're telling all of your friends and family you love God. Mm. And so that's what it is. So when I led Bill to Christ, I said, the next step is, is baptism. Because he said, well, I want to be baptized. I said, I said, hold on. What matters is repentance and faith. Baptism is simply you know, you saying to your friends and family. And I think this guy will turn into an evangelist because he's trying to help these young guys that are turning to the gangs. Yeah. And he knows it doesn't work. He knows what it does. And I said, look, man, I'm hoping that you'll lead these young men, you know, because so much of men, you know, ladies, what, you're, what you're, your husband is looking for is he wants to be a man. He wants to be with other men that say you're a man, right? Because men are fragile and, and that's why we need fathers and we need men in our lives that say, you are masculine, and that's why these guys, you know, you know, I'm gonna. It's not enough to ride a motorcycle. That's not hardcore enough. I need to have tattoos on me that say, "I'm a man," and um, you know, and and, and we, we we need that, and we, we need to be affirmed by that. Just like women, you know, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're you're lovely, you're incredible. You know, you need to be encouraged in the same ways. You know, you are a woman, and that's awesome. And so 
I think that only Jesus ultimately can do that because he's the one who made you a woman. Mm -hmm. He's the one who made me a man. He's the one who died for you. He's the one who died for me. And the affirmation that we're all crying out for comes from God. And and that's what we need. I love how you said that because I think what you did, I mean, I think a starting point for all of us and everyone listening is it is important to re-examine maybe where we are because I think a lot of people culturally do think they're Christian and sure. they've never had an encounter with God. And so for everyone listening, that that's you know what we want to encourage you in the same way I think we ourselves are, is like you to, to spend time with God examining your own heart. All of us have gossiped. All of us yeah. have been unforgiving. All of us have not done our best to be at peace with each other. All of us have slandered other people in some way, shape or form, even if it was via prayer request in my small circle, Mm -hmm. um, to, to re, to re look at ourselves. Mm. And then also I think what I really want us to just have a perspective is, is that we are in a a world that, that like you said, there's kind of two sides that Everyone thinks they're going to heaven. Sure. And what a tragedy that is that they think that. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there are a lot of pastors out there that's like, everything's grace. No one, you know, nothing you do is wrong. There's no, you know. Yeah, we went from a culture like that Melody grew up in, judgmentalism, to lacking judgment. Like mm-hmm. we completely switched. And when so, the Bible says narrow is the road, but now, yeah. not today. Now, no, yeah. now it's like. Yeah. No, no, you said hell doesn't even exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, so what is that broad road that leads to destruction? What, What is that? Right. Well, it's metaphorical, and Jesus is speaking in hyperbole. Well, then why did he go to the cross? Why would he have died to avo- to help us avoid something that isn't real? Exactly. And that's the other reason why yeah. we always talk about study your Bible. Yeah. Because when someone comes out that you used to follow, that mm-hmm. you used to really, and they come out with something, you should have the information to go, wait a second, you might have changed your mind, mm-hmm. but the Bible hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus said hasn't changed. Oh, amen. Changed. My daughter just literally texted me this week and she said, Dad, I'm in a group, uh, I'm in a Bible study, and one of these Christians is saying that um, the Bible says nothing against premarital sex. Is that true? And I'm like, Girl, I'm like, First Corinthians 6. It's, a, it's seven. <laughs> Right. Six and seven. I need so, to right. you guys. Oh yeah, chapter five. six. No, she's right. Run first first Corinthians. Well, that's right. run. But if any man catches himself looking at a woman unbecomingly, let him get married. For it is better to marry than, than to, to burn, burn. with mm-hmm. lust. Yes. So and six at the end of six, it's saying Paul's like, don't you know mm-hmm. that your body is a temple, right? Which you, which is a gift from God. Therefore, glorify God in your body mm-hmm. because it doesn't belong to you. Right. Like that's okay. yeah. Well, I gave her some verses, but here's what my daughter said. She said, "Dad, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know how to find mm. where they were wrong." Mm. And that's the problem with every Christian is, you know, you you don't just study the Bible to get to know God. You study the Bible to get to know yourself and to be able to, to protect your faith because people say all kinds of things, and um, you need to be able to find out why that's not re- why that's not true because people are saying all kinds of things and. And, and doing it in the name of Christ. You know, yeah. there's no hell. Do whatever you want with your body. Um, you know, it's just, so, it's just so sad that people keep restating these same lies and they're just not true. It's just not in the Well, and here's the problem is some people, you know, a lot of Christian celebrity, has, it's its own thing that we've all, you know, had conversations about. Melody and I, as of late, have just talked about so many Christian women influencers who... have a book about one thing well then something in their personal life 
might challenge that. So it's like, oh, well, I believed this, but now I don't because it didn't, it would have meant, it, it me. meant they had to stand their ground and yeah. they couldn't. But here's the problem. So many women follow that person and they don't know. And so they're like, oh, okay. I, I mean, there's such a burden in that way on, on women who are leading because people are, they're following you, yep. you know, and that's such an important thing. I think you and I, Matt, talk about that all the mm -hmm. time. The way we live matters because there are people who are trusting us mm -hmm. to lead them spiritually. And if you and I are like, you know what? I don't really feel like that anymore because it's uncomfortable or it means we have to say no to ourselves or means. lose friends or, yeah. you know, um, so here's the thing, though, is like we want women to reexamine their own hearts, get right before God. Think of think of what that good news is. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, like, how did it help you? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, you you had a problem. How did it help you? How how has the cross changed your life? How has it made it better? What is the good news? And let me and, let me just say this. I think personality is something that we also have to address for some people because you and I have different personalities and we have different yes, giftedness. We do. Right, it's easier for me to um, articulate and you know what I what I believe about Christ, and it's not. I don't think it's a knowledge issue. You and I've talked about this. I think it's a personality issue. I'm just a more confident person by nature, which not all mm -hmm. is not always good. Right? <laughs> you know, I amen from the eight corner. That. Right? <laughs> well, I mean, confidence confidence okay. is not always a good thing. You know, um, I mean, I think Donald Trump is confident. Is he always right? No. So so we have to be very very careful that. You don't just assume that. So what I would say is if you're terrified of sharing your faith, invite them to church. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid. There are people every single week that are waiting to pray with your friends and talk to them about what's ever going on and just say, you know, I, I, I've started going to Sandals Church and it's changed my life. I, I, there's just something that happens each and every week and it, it's been fantastic. It's been amazing. And, you know, I hope that Sandals is amazing. You know, Tammy and I got to come to church a couple weeks ago for our the movie premiere night. And I just cried through the worship, Rogo the Rogo night. You know, yeah. I just cried through worship because I haven't been able to sit in worship for months mm -hmm. and months and months. And there's just something unique about church that changes lives. I remember when I was in the military and I was so far from God. Think about this. This is 1991, I think. Um, I was in the military, the United States military, and my commanding officer said, come on, you're going to church with me. And I was like, I, I was like, you can't make me go to church. And he's like, yes, I can. <laughs> Like, think about how far we've come in America. Yeah. He made me go to church with them. And wow. Because he sensed that there was something wrong with me. And he was right. And I, I'll never forget, we walked into that church uh, somewhere in Birmingham, Alabama. And they were playing Amazing Grace. And I just mm. sat there and cried. Mm. I cried because I was running. For, I was Jonah, you know. Yeah. And God didn't send a fish. He sent an officer who said, you need to be in church. And he sat me down. And, uh, and, and I just realized... I can never live my life apart from God. I've got to figure this out. Now, here's the thing. Here's why you need church and, and Christians around you. I didn't have the people in my life to help me fix my life. Mm. So Jesus is going to save your soul, but he's going to use people uh, who are godly and wise and have spiritual gifts to help you transform your life. So that's why we need, we don't just need to download content, but we need to live in community. And and I needed that so desperately, which is why our vision is to be real with ourselves, God, and God and others, because people challenge me and change me and it, it's just so important um you know we we're in small group and we have a, a high eight in our small group and so you guys were actually together and so i was alone so we did guys night and i had him come over and i was complaining about something that i was hurt about and i thought it was an emotion and if you're a lady listen to this 
I thought it was an emotion and I shared it. And he said, that's actually a sin. And he shared why. And I realized that what I was, what I was parading as emotion was really just my discontent with God and my frustration and my need for uh, self-like, I don't know what you would call it. Um, I, I needed self-righteous. Like I needed him. I needed him to affirm my self-righteousness. Mm. And actually, what he said was, "That's actually sin in you, and it has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with you." Mm. And I, I honestly couldn't get there on my own. Mm. Well, and I, so I think it, I think if we're real with ourselves as women, that is a real thing we do: is we parade sin as emotion. Like yeah. I just here's my experience. I need to share this all the time. Um, I think so, men do so, it too. It just comes out in anger. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, probably right, right. I mean, <laughs> ours comes out as a prayer request yeah. but that's the thing is like i want the women listening to a examine yourself figure out what the good news is maybe ask yourself why you don't share it mm -hmm. you know what is going on there is it fear then you need to be praying for courage um and opportunity and and that's the thing is i mm -hmm. think like this drill sergeant was looking at you going he's not okay all of us have women in our lives that um, we know are hurting. Like, like this whole season of Cultivate has been on the battles. Like we've known women who they're hurting across the board, whether it's divorce, losing a job, stress of their future, um, losing a child, not able to have a child, mm -hmm. having kids that are making you bonkers. I mean, women are hurting so much. And so who are the women in your life that you dance around the issue? Mm -hmm that we could maybe have the boldness and the courage to say like, you know, I, I know that you, you're open to the idea of God or you know, but like, have you ever made that decision? Right. That's the jump I think women have a hard time making. And so I think that that's the thing that I see you do all the time is mm. you just flat out will say, are you ready? Have you yeah. prayed to receive Christ? Right. And, and I want that to be a thing that women are doing more often and i think you probably will do it more than me like matt is such a, a person where if he hasn't prayed with someone to receive christ after a while he gets like agitated yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a part of his personal obedience um and, uh, I, and yeah and let me say this i mean I, you know we've talked a lot about salvation but i also believe in accountability so we're, we're going to stand before the judgment throne of christ i don't believe we're going to be uh, judged whether we go to heaven or hell. I think that's settled on the cross. But how we spend eternity um, and and the rewards that are dispensed, and God's going to judge the fruit of his servants. So the parable of the talents, all of these people. And I want, I want to present my king, hmm. the Bible says, who emptied himself of everything. He took on the form of a slave. He became a human being, and he suffered and died on a cross for my sins. I, I'm the guy that doesn't like to show up to the party without a gift. Hmm. Like if you've done something for me, I want to bring something. I want to have something. I love, I love sitting in a church that I've given to. I love being a part of a community that I'm supporting. I'm not a guy that likes to live off of the work of others. You know, years ago when we built our, built our first building, I think this series was called Seven Twenty Four or Twenty Four Seven or Twenty Four Seven. I oh, preached two forty two. No, no, no. no there's another one. So <laughs> is, this a lot was of like numbers. this was like twelve years ago, and <laughs> I preached on I preached on Noah's Ark, and I said. All the animals were saved, uh, but, but both the animals and people were saved by the boat. The difference between an animal and a person is the the, per, the people help build it. And I want to be a person. Mm. I want to help build this. And and the Lord, you know, a lot of people come to Santa's Church. They love it. They love our facilities. They love all, and they don't want to contribute to it. They don't want to be a part of it at all. And I mean, one day you're going to stand before God and, you know, 
he's not going to want to hear about the house you built for yourself. Mm. He wants to hear about the house you built for him. How did you give? What did you do with that? And, you know, Tammy and I are constantly trying to think about how, how, to, how can we give more to the church? What can we do? Because I think that that's just beautiful. But one of the things the Lord's going to talk to me about is not just did I give, did I attend, did I listen, was I obedient to the commands? But the Great Commission is, go ye therefore into all nations, uh, teaching them everything that I have taught you, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And all of these super self-righteous churches, you know, I, I can't tell you, like, I think it's like 95% of churches in America don't lend, lead one person to Christ a year. Not one. So you got 20 people, you got 30 people, and you say, oh, we're a small church. You got, it's 20 to one, and you guys can't get one. <laughs> it's the one thing that God said. Um, and the bottom line is churches need to repent and, and just say, okay, we, we care more about this social club right. that we call God than actually reaching our community and telling somebody about Jesus. And and again, Romans 10, 9 through 15, you have to actually tell people. Yeah. You have to do it. And well, and, and that's the point of why I want to have this real conversation is mm -hmm. like, we have to tell people both the bad news so there is a good news. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I want. But I, I also think it's so important to remember, like I think as women, and not just women, but women, mm -hmm. we, are, we get super spread then by work, by friendship, by motherhood, Mm -hmm. um, by busyness that I think sometimes it's all we have to make sure we read our Bible if, mm -hmm. or prayed or got, but to remember that some of the people you love most in the world are headed for hell. Yep. If there's not a conversation and, and I think of the pressure feels like I saved him or didn't save him and, and the Holy Spirit's going to do the work, mm -hmm. but for us to be able to present an opportunity to remember to care about mm -hmm. not just our own future mm -hmm. kingdom minded, but the future of, of yeah. the world. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes women are so pitted against each other. They're like, I, don't, I hope she goes to hell, you know, kind of a deal. But at the end of the day, we don't want that. Like you and I have been talking a lot. Like it's been a hard year for me. Like we've, mm -hmm. I say we, we've lost really good friends, both to actual death and to drama. Yeah. And I've been spending a lot of times reading the Psalms just because I feel defeated. I feel, mm -hmm. and I've gotten to a, play, a point in reading the Psalms where I'm like, I actually don't even wish this for yeah. my enemies, <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, I don't even want my enemy mm -hmm. going to hell. And that's what I want for women is like, we don't like each other a lot of the time, or we like our certain people. Um, but if you wrong us, you've wronged us forever. And the whole vision of Cultivate is to create a new kind of community around, among women where, where mean-spiritedness is not the normal mm -hmm. because we're, you know, we're looking out for ourselves or protecting mm -hmm. ourselves or trying to fit in ourselves. But I want us to get to the place where we care even about the salvation and eternity of the women who aren't our best friend mm -hmm. or might have wronged us. And so I just think it's such an important conversation to remember that it's our job too mm -hmm. yeah. to ask the question, have you have you prayed yeah. to receive Christ? And I want to encourage like you know, you guys, you and Melody have both talked about like, read the book of Romans, figure out for yourself the way that you can articulate it, write it down in a journal, like, like practice on yourself. Like mm -hmm. if I was in an opportunity where someone was asking me, mm -hmm. I mean, I think most of us panic. Mm -hmm. And I think if we wait till the moment, we're going to panic. But if we can put some thought into this ahead of time of 
man, if, if I have the opportunity, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want this conversation that we've had with both you and Claude to really help us be ready for the opportunity. But it takes more than just being ready. It does take us to think about, think about the people in your life, mm-hmm. your children, your unchurched family members, your coworkers, um, the people in your life who you know aren't a Christian, mm-hmm. um, ask the spirit to give you a sensitivity to when they are getting closer. Like Claude said, ask them to pray for them that Mm -hmm. see the kind of door that opens because when they're fine, they're fine. But when they're not fine, when they're either confronted with their own sin or tragedy or loss Mm -hmm. or something, the people that put that out there of like, I'll pray for you. Those are the people that are going to come to mind when they feel like they need something Mm -hmm. bigger than themselves to save them Mm -hmm. and be ready then to say, are you ready? Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think that we need to be having this conversation more often of, you know, I'm, I'm looking with eyes that are kingdom minded for, Mm -hmm. to have the opportunity to share the good news God's done for me, to share my faith and invite people to having their own faith. And I just, I think that women, myself included, we need to be pursuing that. Mm-hmm. Well, with, let me just greater. say this. I think I'm actually going to try to figure this out in a sermon, but I think the challenge of politics is it's always about the short game. So if, if you don't vote this way, the Democrats are going to lose the House, the Republicans are going to do this. It's always the short game. I think that we have to play the long game. We have to think about eternity mm-hmm. and, and that we have to be kind and we have to nurture relationships and position ourselves to always be in a position to share Christ. And so, um, you know, like I have a, I have a cousin that um, is not a believer, and uh, I think he's an atheist. I, you know, we don't have the relationship to discuss spiritual things. When I first became a Christian, I was overly zealous, and I was a hammer when I needed to be a friend. And, I, and I'm deeply sorry for that. But a couple of years ago, I preached on uh, Nicodemus, and when he said when he got saved, um, he repaid anyone who he'd stolen against. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I stole my cousin's action figure. Mm. I stole it from his house. Uh, he had he had a mom and a dad that both worked. We were poor. He had a lot. I took it. I felt terrible about it. Never forgotten it. And um, I actually went back and I calculated what it cost. I multiplied it at times the year I'd had it plus interest, and I sent him a check. I, it, w- it was for several hundred dollars. And my cousin's a struggling actor in Hollywood and he gets this check from his cousin and I said, please forgive me. And oh, by the way, I gave him the action figure back. Mm. I said, I'm so sorry for this. And he's like, do whatever you got to do, bro. You know, but he cashed the check. So, um, (laughs) you know, but what that symbolizes to him is this is real in your life. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you're serious about. And, And so he'll ask me about meditation. He knows that I struggle with anxiety. He'll talk to me about those things. And so we have conversations about fasting. We have conversations about meditation. And my hope at the end of the day is not that he will become like me. And I think that's that's what the world does. My hope is that he'll meet Jesus and yeah. be changed like I have been changed. And that's what I want for him. And so the way you do that is constantly positioning yourself. So when you're at Thanksgiving dinner, you're interacting with your brother or sister-in-law you know, you're talking to your friend who smokes weed and has sex with whoever they want to. You, you know, your your sister who's gay or your brother who's a homosexual. You got to play the long game and say, how do I best position myself so that when they're ready, yeah, I can share the gospel. So that's not me uh, and my gay friend arguing about Adam and Eve versus Adam and Steve. That's not beneficial for anybody. What it does is it entrenches everybody. Mm-hmm. And it just says, 
I, you know, maybe you say something like this. I believe there's more to life than sex mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Epicureanism, which is a philosophy that Christianity defeated the Roman philosophy. That's why it's called a Roman orgy, right? Is that eat all you want, have sex with whatever you want and, and life's great. And yet Mormons turned in Mormons, excuse me, Romans turned in droves to Christianity mm -hmm. because that life is hollow. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely hollow and it doesn't work. And so, you know, just try to position yourself till when that person's tender, ready, um, and, and, and God knows what has to happen in their life, but God will do a lot of things to move somebody to oh, the yeah. place where they're ready so that you can then be the person where that they call, hey, you know, you weren't a jerk, you weren't terrible, you weren't mm -hmm. awful. Uh, years ago, Tammy and I went to a wedding and they, they, they partnered me up with two lesbians, remember that? Mm -hmm. And I knew, I knew what the family was doing. They're like hoping I'm gonna get these people saved. And you know, these two women, their spiked hair, they, were, they did not want anything to do with me. And Tammy, tell them what happened at the end of the day. I don't remember. We were best friends. Oh, yeah, day. yeah, yeah. That, I, I thought you meant something more significant. No, no. Like the, it that was, happens it, every wedding Matt and I go at. Like we're always stuck with. I don't always with, get stuck with lesbians. No, not lesbians. <laughs> but we're always with, we're always paired with like the Uncle yeah. Joe who doesn't know the Lord. But in this particular one, it was. And by the end of the night, we were having the best time together, which was clearly not what they had expected no, I, at the I, beginning I of the night. You know, a male chauvinist, gay hating right. fundamentalist. I was a person who loved Jesus. And why? Because I got smacked in the face by God mm -hmm. and he changed my life. And I was pretty messed up sexually when I met the Lord. And so I think that we all need that and we all need that special kind of grace. Um and my hope is, you know, who knows, maybe they, you know, it's been what, fifteen years, maybe they get divorced. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, what was that What was that pastor's name that we met? And then they Google me or they YouTube me and they start watching and they start listening. But because I wasn't an a-hole. Right. Because you were yeah. kind. And kind. here's what I love about that. Um, my husband's dad was an atheist for years. Hmm. And I even remember when Adam was little and was saved, he asked his dad, if I became a pastor, would you go to my church? And his dad said no, because oh. he didn't believe in God. And he was married, and Adam's mom was a devout follower of mm. Jesus, brought him and his brother and sister to church, hosted Bible study at her house, read her Bible, and prayed year after year, regardless of his animosity to it. Mm. And then he finds himself on the surgeon's table to have open-heart surgery. Mm. And all of a sudden, he's confronted. He was a self-sufficient man, would never ask to borrow. Yeah. You just, yeah. And all of a sudden, he's faced with his own mortality. Mm -hmm. And who does he turn to? He turns to his wife, mm -hmm. who's lived out the gospel in front of him every day for mm -hmm. the past 20 years. And she, in that moment, because she had studied her Bible, because she knew what it said, she led her husband to faith in Christ before he went into surgery. Mm -hmm. And he's a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. How awesome that over those years of his non-support, of his, mm -hmm. you take our kids to church and look how they behave, that she never lost her witness or her mm -hmm. testimony. And I think the other thing that I would say, like as we're wrapping up is, there's not a person in the world right now who doesn't wanna hear these three words, you are loved. Yeah, amen. And that's what the gospel is, mm -hmm. for God mm -hmm. so loved. Mm -hmm. So if you're nervous, if you're scared, if you feel awkward, if you feel whatever, there's not a person you'll come in contact with throughout your entire day mm -hmm. who doesn't want to know, believe, mm -hmm. or hear mm -hmm. that they are loved. Amen. And the gospel says, for God so loved. Mm -hmm. 
it's the most beautiful story to tell. Mm -hmm. So we can overcome our awkwardness. We can arm ourselves with the truth of God's word to be able to share it. Because at the end of the day, there's no one who doesn't want to hear that. Mm -hmm. And that's what the gospel is. Amen. So good. Well, that's what I want to leave you guys with is, again, just to sum it up, spend some time thinking about why the good news is good news for you. Articulate your testimony like we talked about with Claude in the last episode. Um, read through Romans, the book of Romans, um, and, and spend time figuring out what are the verses that you feel comfortable. How would you articulate that in your own way? Because, yes, like in your story, Mel, the husband came and asked, but most people aren't going to come and say, hey, can mm -hmm. you please lead me to Jesus? We have to be listening, watching, ready to be able to see someone when they're hurting and they're lost and say, hey, I can mm -hmm. see you need hope. I see you need that. Like, ha have you prayed? Have you made a decision? Mm -hmm. Do you want to make a decision? Let them know it is a decision mm -hmm. that we're making, you know, and so read through that. How Be ready to articulate it and then Open your eyes to the world around you yep. with the long game vision mm -hmm. of we're not, you know, and don't be like, I have to save them in this, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, like it is a long game, but also it, it's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. We're called to do it. Everyone else can't do it. We can't hope mm -hmm. someone else gets to that person. Yeah. Matt gets that all the time of like, I, I just, I was waiting for you. They wanted to pray with me, but you know, that can happen, but also we have a responsibility mm -hmm. to, to share the gospel and and try to give people the other another way mm -hmm. in in this world. So I love this conversation. Um, I want you guys, the women listening, just it's a lot to think about, but it's worth thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, thank you guys so much for talking about this, Matt, and your very busy schedule. Making even though you teased me harshly and gave me a hard time, but and were mean to me. That was <laughs> all pre-recorded. <laughs> Um, before we go, I do want to remind you guys of this, that, um, whether you did the cultivate season with us or not, um, we do have something coming up on November 20th. Am I right about that? The 20th? Um, we did it last year. We tried to do it in March, literally the week of COVID that we shut down. Some of you may have done it. Some of you haven't. If you have never hosted a kind table, mm. I want to encourage you to do that this season. Because of the times that we're living in, we don't have the opportunity for the first time, I think in five years, yeah. to have our end of the year um, gather, cultivate gathering and marketplace, which we're super bummed about, but it is what it is. But here's the thing, just because that can't happen doesn't mean a good thing can't happen. And so in lieu of that, we are asking you guys to gather your few friends. Obviously we don't want you gathering people that are sick or gathering ton of people. All our assumption is that you guys are going to be big girls about that, about be safe, be safe about that. But, um, you know, gather, a few friends, a coworker, and just have them over. We're going to um, have a conversation, host our own kind table, walk you through it, of a way to just talk about the goodness of God, even in a year like we've had this year, to love one another, um, to encourage one another, that as we're all trying to do this thing of our faith, that we're not alone. We have the community. So November 20th is our kind table. All the details for it are going to be on 
uh, Instagram or Facebook, I think. Um, we'll have all the details for how to register. And once you register, we give you everything you need to mm -hmm. make this possible. So what I'm asking is usually at a gathering, we have 1,500 to 2,000 women show up. We're asking that you guys take the time and the night that you would have shown up here at the campus where we would have worshiped together, we would have heard God's word and we would have loved on each other well to do that in your home. Um, because even though the year has been weird, like we can still love one another well, love one another well and show kindness. And yep. this is, this is the night to do that. So if you're nervous about it, um, we're here for you, we'll help you out, but we're asking each and every woman to think about the women who could really use some kindness to wrap up this year become a host of a kind table and just kind of wrap this year up in a good way as opposed to maybe how it's yeah, been. Yeah, and there's no better way to invite someone to church than to have them in your home, Yeah, have them experience kindness, that you're not super weird, and then you can say, hey, come with me to Sandals Church, and we're going to do some really awesome things toward the end of the year, great messages and services that people are going to give people hope mm -hmm. in a year that's felt really hopeless. Yeah. So that's a great opportunity to have like a first step um, before you invite them to church and Because church and to world go feels weird to people, but if they show up at your house, you you're a friend of them. Don't be you know, weird. Like, yeah, don't be weird. <laughs> you know, some um, people can't help it. It really, it really will. Um, it makes a difference. I hosted the kind table last year and I intentionally brought together a group of women who none of them knew one another, um, but I wanted to connect them. Mel and I were there actually yeah, together. We, we knew other. one another, but the goal was for these women of this particular age and demographic to sort of connect because none of them were connected and here we are a year later and they're some of each other's closest friends it can happen it can work and so it's such a special time it's such a fun time yeah. to to do it so um we did an episode about this time last year I don't know. We did an episode on kind tables. So scroll through however you listen today and figure out um, that. And we can post that actually on our Instagram and Facebook to refer you back to that episode where it kind of details out the point, the time, the way to set it up, all of that kind of thing. But that's coming up November 20th. You guys think about your faith and think about becoming more bold in sharing it. Thank mm. you guys for being here. Talk to you next Thank time. Thank you guys. Thanks, Matt. Bye. Bye. Bye.